Hey, everybody, welcome to the Taylor Ransom Show. We are back. This is actually, this, according to my upload schedule, this will be the first guest episode on this show. Um, and we are honored to have Isaiah Wallace with us today. Um, I'm going to let him go here in just a second. I'm going to let him talk. Um, I just want to say real quick before we hop into this conversation, I am always um, so honored to be able to connect and work with artists that I feel like are really breaking the mold a lot. I don't mean to be disrespectful to other people, um, but in the niches and the circles I run in, I hear so many rappers. And guys, we can only make You Can't Stop Me by Andy Minio so many times. We've heard it. Andy Minio made it, and it was good. We need to just let Andy Minio make the Andy Minio music. And um, when I heard um, Bailey Avenue, um, which I listened to on release day, I will say, I, I, I'm going to kiss up to Isaiah here for a second and say I listened on release day. Um, it was incredible. It was great. The production was incredible, too. I don't know if you do all the production yourself or what, but that was there were some of the songs that was like, it was good. Um, and I'm so honored to have him on the show. He's also um, a bit of a PK, um, which I kinda, we kind of have kindred spirit thing going there. He knows what's up. And even more so probably than I do. And um, so I thought this would be awesome to have a conversation on here. And um, I'm sure we'll get some good stories. Um, Isaiah, anything you want to say to everybody? Well, I'm just uh, appreciate you again for having me on here, bro. So I, like you said, I'm, I'm 19. I just started recording uh, about two years ago. Uh, and um, we just debuted with Bailey Avenue. It's my first album. But it's actually funny because this is kind of a geek out for me. I'm trying not to like to trip a little bit because I... <laughs> I, I saw one of your first videos. I think it was not last year. It might have been the year before COVID, or maybe maybe it was. It was the ha- the first Halloween mother video you did. It was definitely not this oh, year. Oh snap! It was very old though. It was not the this one, and it was and it had me rolling because and I know my, my mom. <laughs> I gotta be careful because my mom might see this, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was spot I on. Do. It was spot on. Yeah, it was spot on, dude. Fun fact: when I put that video out, that first one, the very first Church Karen on Halloween video. Um, I did not tell my mom it was going out beforehand because I knew there would be warfare in the heavenly that gets shot yeah. down. Um, but anyway, no, my mom actually loves the bit. Um, when I first started doing it, she was more like, oh, hey, uh, yeah, that's you, I don't really want you to wear a wig. <laughs> um, but then it, that's that was the concern. And the, but it was funny enough and it, it's kept going and mom's cool with it. And honestly, it's just like a conglomeration of all of the wonderful women that blessed my life in church as I was growing up. Amen. And, um, but that video, that was a lot of people, how they first heard about me was that, that bit. Cause that thing blew up. It was, it was that. And then I think I like kept up with my brother's the one who'd send me your stuff. And then when I really found out, like it was one central person and who your brand was, was when you blew up from the, the Chick-fil-A shoes. I think a lot of people found out to you about that. But then the chick Oh snap! And then I saw that I was like, "Oh, dude, this is the same guy who's." And then we follow each other on Instagram. <laughs> and then then you came. To the, you had been coming to the church, or you started coming to the church around that time. And it, you know, um, yeah, every, everything from there. But it it was crazy because when you hit me up, I'm sitting here going, I, well, first of all, I didn't. Even, I, that makes more sense. I didn't. I've seen your podcast on your reels, but I've never seen guests on there. So I was like, I didn't even know you had people on there. Yeah. And uh, well, the podcast, the podcast is this show is kind of brand new. I just started this. We've which, only got two episodes out, which is the one where you're like not talking about culture, but kind of commenting on stuff. And you're like, it's this it's this similar camera view. Yeah. Yeah. So lately, so I did the first two episodes just myself. Okay. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of, you know, when you do comedy for long enough, you can get to where you can kind of just sit and talk and you don't really have those, to think those, that much ahead of time. Those are the ones I saw. I love those. Man. Yeah, they're funny. <laughs> thanks man yeah so i did a few episodes like that and i was having fun with it 
um, actually. And then I recorded one just earlier this week that I was going to put out. And I was like, this is not – I'm not totally feeling this. And I wanted to do some guest interviews anyway. Yeah. And so I sent out a bunch of invites. Okay. And I said, I said, Holy Ghost, take the wheel. First person to say yes will be Jesus. the first guest. <laughs> it's a businessman. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. So Isaiah, tell me right now. So the people that haven't really listened to your music yet, maybe they haven't they haven't found Bailey Avenue. Yeah. What um what what is like your thing? What is your goal with all of your music as a whole? So yeah, so at Bailey Avenue, um, I, I originally wanted to just kind of drop singles as I as I wanted to. I started doing music originally, um, and I say this lightly because I was like 15, so I wasn't legitimate. But I tried to yeah. start music as a manager. Um, and I was helping, oh, okay. I was like managing my friends as much as you can as 15. But I think I was in this, I think <laughs> I was in the studio. <laughs> That's cool though. You got to yeah. respect the hustle though. I, you got to respect that. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but I think what happened was I was in the studio so much and I was always, I, I was very picky and not in, like in my own eyes, but people were getting annoyed with how much I would tell them, like do this with your song. And eventually I was like, yeah, I think I could try to do this myself to an extent. And I don't try to do things frivolously. Like, I feel like that's a lot of content these days is just frivolous content. And I was like, if I'm going to do something like hip hip hop one, you know, I'm going to, I want to contribute something and not just, you know, bite off. I want to be able to add something to this. Uh, hip hop is really cool. And I love the culture, but I feel like you should, if you can't offer something new to it, it's just, you're biting off. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like yes, I, I wanted I feel to, that. yeah. And I wanted to add a spin. And so, I just like I didn't just start releasing off the bat. I just started making music, and I did that for like two years. Um, we dropped. I dropped like one single in that time. That was it. But I was I was just getting better. And when I felt like it was time, we sat down. We were like, so where we want the sound to be, sort of. Um, and Bailey Avenue, it was almost a mixtape. It became a studio album because the message was kind of central, even though all the sounds were different. Um, yeah. but, but this next, so and I'll, and I'll, I'll get to this in a second. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to tell you some exciting <laughs> stuff that no one knows yet. Since you're so nice oh, to have me snap. on it. Yeah. Since, since, since snap. We're yeah. Gonna get leaks. Oh yeah. Since you're so nice to have me on here, <laughs> I'm going to tell you some info. Um, but, oh man. Yeah. But this next, the next thing we're doing is going to be a more centralizing of a sound rather than such a loose. Cause, cause all those are, are different things that I'm, all those different sounds and our versatility that I wanted to prove. Um, not cause I, not, not in an egotistical way, but because of uh, like a respect to hip hop and everything inside of it. Um, but this next one's going to be more of a central sound and it's more, it's like you to answer your question. Like, what are you trying to do? It's more of, um, how can I say this? It's a, it's a deeper conversation. We'll probably get into a bit, but I don't really go for a sound as much as I do what I want my music to do and the, and the message behind it. Gotcha. No, I have to say that when I when I listened through Bailey Avenue, um, I noticed there was a lot of you covered like a few different like you know I think they'd be called subgenres within yes, hip hop. I heard some songs. I'm like, oh, that reminds me of of this. This reminds me of this. And so I was like, I thought I'm like he's trying to flex right now. He's trying to show like every different thing he can do, which you won't admit to right now. You're gonna be humble because yeah. you are. You actually well, are. Well, and it's not even a flex. I mean, I don't know, I'm not gonna be that guy. To an extent in hip hop, it, it, it is it is a flex to an extent, and not like a flex to show off what I can do. I just, I think I want it to be taken seriously in hip hop, not like in a big dog yeah. way, but like I wanted to show that hey, I respect this art form, so I'm gonna I'm gonna sift I'm gonna sift through everything and do it to the best of my ability. This I think Bailey Avenue was like my thank you to hip hop for everything it's shown me, and then everything from here on out is cool. gonna is gonna be what I do for it, sort of. 
Wow, that's awesome. Now you're signed to a label, aren't you? You're um Yeah, so yeah, so I, I'm careful when I say that cuz I I'm really proud that I own Bailey Avenue. So I own my masters. I'm in a publishing artist development deal, which means like publish, oh, snap. Pu- Good pub- for you. publishing on the back end of stuff for promotion and marketing and and funding and all that, but I'm gonna, I think I'm going to hold on to Bailey Avenue forever as far as masters go. Um this next one might be a bit of a different situation. I mean that's up in the air. We'll see how that lands in February, but I, this first album, I think is something that means a lot to me. And I think I'm going to hold on to that one forever as far as full ownership, but I am technically, right. we're in a, we're in a holdings with LBL holdings and they've been really good to us as far as artist development. Um, but I'm not open to anything in the future. So we'll see what happens. Dude, that's awesome. So smart too. So smart I, too. I've got a lot. I try to take things slow. Or yeah. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you. No, no, you're, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying I'm, I'm, I have, a, I know a wider range of artists between people who are, who are label and then people who are like independent. Um, and it's very different. It's very different how that whole thing works. Um, yeah. And I'm not a music guy. Um, so I don't, I, I like good music, but I don't really make any music. Um, and so I was interested with that. So with your music, when you're in there and you're talking about, um, you know, all the things that you're, all these things you're passionate about, one thing that, you know, plays into this show, you know, cause everything, most of my content is largely based around, um, faith and based around, um, Christian community and things like that. Um, how does your faith play into your artistic vision? And I think when I say that, um, one thing that I said earlier in the show that I love about your music is your, is you, you know, I hear all these upstart Christian rappers that come out and, um, it's either them trying to be, uh, Jesus is King. You know, they're trying to do that, that era deal, or they just sound like a baby Christian that picked up like some random verbiage from youth group six weeks ago. And now they're making an album. And I don't feel that with you. I feel like you have really strong faith just from some of the things I've heard, but you're not, yeah, you're not using, you're not, I'm not even going to try to say some of these things because I'll embarrass myself. Um, but it doesn't sound stereotypical in any way, which I, I love. I do uh, it, really. bro, it's so funny. I like, like you're not a rapper. And so because of that, you could say all those things and get away with it because you're just a consumer. If I said that, bro, people would be like, oh, that's, <laughs> I love that. You can, I love that. That had, me, that had me dying, bro. Jesus is king. Um, but no, that is a real thing, though, and it and it's not even and it's very confused. It, that's what confused me. And just to be honest with you, that's kind of how I got into hip hop. Was like, I think when people saw me, started seeing me in studios, like specifically people from my home church and stuff as a pastor's kid. A lot of people probably yeah. thought it was going to go the, sort of the black sheep route. Oh, you know, Isaiah is going to be that pat, you know, that pastor's kid that steps. And I just, I've always been one to. Um, I was always taught from a young age, if 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 you have nothing to Defend, if you if you have nothing to hide, there's no need, you don't have to clear up the rumors. Those are just rumors, you know. Um, exactly. So I, I've always yeah. I've always been one to keep to myself and just work. And uh, I think it was like 16 or 17 years old. I just got sick of high school, and I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna stay here and get my diploma, and that's gonna be all I do here. And I stopped going to Friday night football. I just started waking up at 6 a.m. every day. I didn't even start with making music. I started. Um, I was trying to get money to make music for my friends. So I don't know if you know. We do you know what Weeble is? Oh yeah. Uh, so I was. Oh yeah. So at seventeen, I'm up. You know, I was. Up. Yeah, Weeble. I've yeah, got that. Okay. You sign up, you get free stocks. You, you know, you know. From that, I got Weeble. I. <laughs> I mean, I was. I was losing money at first, but I would. I would take and I would try to make money to fund studio hours and sessions, and I learned a little bit about how yeah. money worked through that, and from that I saw the same translation of that in music and I realized a lot of reason that people don't not necessarily blow up but get to see what they want to do in music happen is not because they don't have potential 
or talent it's because of money and that kind of frustrated me because as an artist like there there is a business side to everything that has to work and that's what i had to get down first to make this work but i feel like as an artist it's a constant yeah it's it's a constant kill of your of what you're supposed to be doing to have to deal with the business it slows it slows things down it pollutes your message and all that stuff and so i decided right around that time that if i really wanted to do music i couldn't i couldn't have one foot have one foot in here and one foot in there i had to lock in and so started hustling um not drugs sorry started hustling like working hard (laughs) um but that's that's why it's funny that you said chick-fil-a because um I worked there for like two years. So anything you say about Chick-fil-A hits heavy. Um, and long story short, <laughs> long story short, um, I got into music, started it up, worked hard. And where, because of that, I think God, because God saw that he could trust me with a little, a lot of people in the, the city yeah. of that nigga that I were told would not, that I, I should stay away from or would gatekeep or I shouldn't, you know, try to get in with open those doors to me as far as hip hop goes, because they saw the hard work put in. And so, um, Man. yeah, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing in those environments. That's how I let God stand out as excellence. Um, I just, yeah. And, and it sounds corny to say, but when, when people ask questions like how, like, how are you able to get this done? How, how do you work? How do you stay motivated? It's a lot easier to be the one getting stuff done and say it's God than to, be telling them to, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I feel like a lot of people will say, oh yeah, I'm a Christian rapper. Yes. I do this. But they have no results. They, and it's, it's not results as in numbers. That's not what matters. They don't have, they don't have fruit for their, for what they're saying in their songs. I think when you're actually doing these exactly. things and you're not having to say it or advertise it and people are asking you the question, that's when the biggest impact is made. No, dude, that's incredible. Um, that's also our first sound, sound biteable part of the night. So appreciate, appreciate that good answer, my guy. Um, and you know, we could talk, we could literally talk for like an hour just on what you were saying there just to figure I out. I talk the first so thing. much, like, bro. When you're getting into, and I think that what you're doing, you're doing is in a totally different arena than me. Um, but what I found when I was starting out, dude, like I had an iPhone 4S and I put it on a, on a, like a $20 Amazon tripod in my grandparents' basement and I did not care. And it was terrible. It was awful. Um, but, you know, you just have to get in there. You got to grind. You make some stuff, and stuff starts popping off. But for you, the amount of work you can tell goes into your stuff is, is incredible. Yeah, you're not you're – not, this isn't like some flipping thing that you're doing. So major respect for that. Um, and I think you kind of answered my next question, which was I was going to ask if you had any advice for people looking to pursue music oh, or no, people yeah. who kind of want to do their own thing. You know, what do you have for them? Is there anything they should do? And um, I'm going to try to see if I can't pick up any advice off you while you're at it. Yeah. So are you thinking about music, you said? <laughs> music, business. You, you mentioned you started off with Weeble, and our connection got a little bit a little bit lapsed there, so I kind of missed some of the details. Oh, yeah. Um, but you started – I was curious about this. This is kind of bunny trail type deal. But were you going more with, like, with like traditional stock investing, or were you doing more oh. like crypto? Well, no, I was trying like like day trading, which you can't even do necessarily until, oh, snap. until you're 18. But because like my dad, my dad had Robin Hood, he switched people and he got this student thing set up. And so he could see what I was, yeah. he could see what I was doing and I would put like 20 bucks in and I would lose it all. And <laughs> he, he's not, he, he didn't really get into the stock stuff until this past year because I showed him yeah. crypto. Um, but it was a oh, little okay. bit, cool. it, was, it was a little bit of everything. That was, that was more just to show like I feel like people will will kind of go look for someone to help them start and I and I think my advice my quick yeah. advice would be 
sometimes you just have to be the start. And I know people start in different places. So there are some situations I can't speak to, but I will say there's, there's usually, there is usually a way it just takes, it just takes a creative mind to find it. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to make money out of nothing. You've got to figure out how to do that. Most people don't know how to do that, well, so, yeah. but it's when you, I'm, yeah, it's I want to like clarify, everybody's... God's really blessed me. I didn't have to make money out of nothing. I'm just saying like, I like when, <laughs> when I, when I turned 16, one of the biggest things that my dad did for me that really impacted me was he said that although he loved me, he was going to support my life. He felt like music was something I would thank him for in the future if he let me do on my own. And so that's something I like at 17, yeah. 18, I slowly started to, and that's something I started doing on my own. And when it happened, you would, I think some people would look at that and say, oh, this kid's still in high school, like, like, you know, help him do so-and-so. But now that I'm only 19, I have the same thankful thankfulness for what I've had to do that some people have when they're 25, because I started doing it on my own at this age, just the music portion of stuff. And that's, that's something that I'm dude, really grateful absolutely. for. Absolutely. And I don't know, I don't know. Um, dude, to be completely honest, when I read, when I reached out to you, I did not think you were 19. I'm 26. Um, dude, people you don't think look I'm 26. younger all the time. Yeah. You look like 20. I know, dude, 24. I don't. Yeah. That's what I get all the time. They're like, ah, 22, 23, 24. That's about what I get. But no, 26, dude, but you're the opposite, dude. I thought you were, I thought you were my age, man, but no, I'm a baby, bro. I'm a baby. Dude, you got great gratitude, great um, humility and maturity. Well, that's Appreciate awesome. That. Well, let me ask you this, because you've touched on this, and this is kind of where we have a lot of stuff in common. I grew up in church, and when I say I grew up in church, I mean, like, literally. Like, I, I was tell. in the building, like, six days a week, and the one day I wasn't was if I, like, threw a fit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, no, um, so I was, yes, yeah. So you've, I've seen a lot of stuff. You've seen everything. I oh, was yeah. curious like I've put all my best stories pretty much out there on the internet. They're out there if people want them. But like, what's like your best church upbringing? PK, my life. I live in the Matrix. Like that, like craziest <clears throat> moment good. you can think of. Everything. I gotta be careful here. Oh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> change names, dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. 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 Um, you said people here are familiar with charismatic services and how those roll, right? Oh yeah. Oh right, yeah. Cool. Dude, we're all evangelical charismatics. Yeah, all right, cool. Cool, 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 <laughs> cool, cool. Making sure, making sure. So I was, I, this is, this is terrible, but this is actually a secondhand story. And I saw the video of it. Um, from you, know, you did you ever meet oh, pastor man. Rick while you were at RTTN? You met Rick, right? Possibly. Pastor Rick. I think Maybe I he's, briefly, he, he, very briefly. Yeah. He's one, he's one, he leads like the usher, the usher in the RSM school. He's some, he's I think up front sometimes, but he was in a yeah, service. Dude, I, I only, He's in a service. Oh yeah, my bad. Um, oh no, I was saying, I was just saying, I I only went, I only got to have the pleasure of going to RTTN about a handful of times um, because when I had moved to Cleveland, I lived in Cleveland for a few months, um, and then I started going to RTTN because I had known of Pastor Kevin Wallace from being at some services at OCI in Cleveland, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, this this is cool. I went to RTTN, loved absolutely. Your, your guy, the services there. You were incredible. like a bro. Um, you're you're very humble, but you were like a celebrity there. People were like on the other side, like is that? Is that <laughs> I did have some people want some pictures and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, if I go into a new church, that's that's kind of. But the, you know what the crazy thing is? If I walk into a church, people are like that, and then I go out in the real world, and I'm it's it just Taylor, no big deal whatsoever. Um, and I met Pastor Rick very briefly when I was there. I doubt he'd remember me, but I'm interested to hear what you're going to say right now. Yeah. Pastor Rick. So this is, this is him, him and a couple of his friends were in a service from, from 
I didn't believe this story, but he, he showed me a video of the speaker telling this story. And essentially, uh, there was a word of prophecy given, or word of the Spirit given, there's different terms for it, but um, someone stood up and gave a tongue and interpretation, and said, or a tongue, and someone stood up to give the interpretation. And okay. they gave it, and during, and during it, um, they led off with, just as God delivered Moses and his family on the ark. And he continued to give about it. He he continued to give about a, a two minute, you know, a two minute tongue and interpretation, right? And he sat down. And about ten sec, about ten seconds later, as the pastor started speaking again, the man stood up and said, "And I'm telling you, this this sounds like a a, a funny joke, but there, oh I know people who were in the room. The man stood up and said, "The Lord thy God hath made a mistake. He said Noah on the ark." <laughs> And said, "The Lord has made him." Oh my gosh! I, every time, dude. every time he tells that story, I oh still wonder if it's gosh. true. But he stands by it, and I really believe it because I've seen oh, the video of the church man. where I have remember. Yeah, it has me dead. Oh, oh that, my goodness! It's, that's that borderline. <laughs> that's that borderline. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, maybe go back to a a, a, a Facebook prophecy class or whatever. Uh, it is I don't know. Watch. I don't. He, he needed and something. Then, um, and then come back. That's tough. Man, yeah. No, I've seen some. <laughs> co- I've seen different. some. I've seen some fungus dude. and toe and toe foot washing and all that stuff. I've seen it all. Oh, dude, no! I'm gonna tell you right now. Foot washing services. <laughs> I, I I look look. I'm the biggest charismatic. I'm the most spirit filled guy you'll ever yeah. meet. I want to abolish foot serv- foot washing services. I'm I, I love I love the symbolism. I love the symbolism. The I symbolism's feel, awesome. I feel like it could be an option off to the side. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I just think there needs to be like a verification process. <laughs> like like yeah. we need to like go through. We're check we're checking for fungus like, or something. <laughs> oh gosh, dude, that's crazy. Well. I, dude, I don't even know how I'm going to top that story. Everybody's heard my stories. Um, before you go, um, I would say this, and I just, I'd simply ask you this: um, What do you think people who have a gift, kind of like you have, although I think you're totally unique, but people who find themselves in a creative space, people who are an artist, um, people who feel called to use their gifts to bless and encourage others, what do you think the best way for them to, in their own way, spread the gospel without, you know, coming off? Just with the normal, you know, that that I don't want to say tacky because yeah. people mean well, right? But um, but just the stereotypical way because I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now. We need to begin to to go at this in new ways besides just um, you know, new T-shirts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes ever was said to me by my youth pastor. I'm not sure who originally said it, but he said it in a sermon when I was in middle school, and he said, "Spread the gospel, and if you have to, use words." Um, And that's such a, I mean, I've heard that, I've heard that quote a million times since then. Um, And a lot of people say that and use it as an excuse to live like the world and be a Christian when they need to be. And that's not it either. Cause I'm also, I also like, and I'll say this carefully, but I'm not a progressive Christian either. I don't mess with that side of thing. I don't mess with that. Um, I think it's, I think, I think it's boils down to if you have to, not if you have to specify, but I think if you, if people are shocked, when you tell them that you failed on one end. And I also think if that's all people expect to hear from you, you've also failed on another end. 
because that's not all Jesus did. Jesus walked the earth and made a relationship with people and got involved in their life and were there. He was there for birthdays that are not in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Jesus didn't walk around and yeah. just yell at everyone in their face on the side of the road with the Bible and say, "Turn or burn." So there's two extremes exactly. to both of that. Because and I, you know, Romans 12:2 is what I live my life. I try to live my life by. Uh, do not be confirmed to the power of this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think when you look past the, well, I'm not going to say that because that's also. I think I think people get very worried about going into the world and trying to act casual and saying, oh, how can I minister without scaring everyone away? I think if you just show the love of Christ, there is no way you could scare people away. And if you're scaring people away, you're probably not showing the love of Christ. So my idea would be, and the way I'm doing this thing is everywhere I go, to the best of my ability, I try to exemplify the love of Christ. And when people ask me what's different about me, that's when I, great commission. And in in a creative space, my goal for that would be instead of, you know, making a song where in the first five seconds I say something along, you know, lines of Turner Burn, like you said, the, the corny stuff maybe. Um, my goal would yeah. be to make, to create, to over time accumulate people who love my music, fall in love with the fan, like not fans, but you know, I mean, yes, fans, but a actual, a actual community around my music. And then when I'm in that interview and they're saying, you know, what, what can we do a, a, B, C like this? That's when, that's when you can, that's when you catch that real net of people. Right. No, dude. Awesome. That is so stinking awesome. I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that as a clip and I'm going to send it to every artist I know. I'm going to send, I'm going to send it right now, dude. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show. Once again, such an honor having you. I'm I'm so behind everything you're doing. So, so behind it. Um, and we are patiently waiting for that next album. We're patiently waiting for that next album. I was, I was promised a leak. So I was (laughs) here, here, here it is. Here it is. So I was gonna say, I'll say this before I hop off. Since you since you're kind of having me on here, I was fixing to put something about this next week, but I'll go ahead. So um, this is also not a flex, but I think most people would typically take a hiatus or a little break after, you know, they make a tape. I got really inspired yeah. off Bailey Avenue because the the good feedback made me want to go ahead and just get my sound out. So we have been working hard, and um, I will go ahead and say with before the year is over, before January first, a five track EP called while i'm here will be will be released with five new songs on all platforms Snap. and Snap. in the beginning half of next year my second studio album strictly business will be dropping Woo! come on somebody we, we've been at work i'll just tell you guys that we made a lot of songs uh and oh man you can expect to see some exciting stuff on there and that, that's 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 because it's real on here and i like the vibe so i'm gonna let you know that appreciate that man dude Y'all, y'all were waiting for the third great awakening. There it is. It's right there. <laughs> the albums, they're coming out. Yes, sir. They're coming. Dude, that is so awesome. And I'm honored you put that on this podcast. Dude, I'm honored to be um, on here. This is sick, man. You got to keep doing more of these. I'm going to watch them.